0: Welcome to the Texas Home Improvement Super Podcast with Jim Dutton. All the best calls this week throughout the state of Texas. Brought to you by Carrier. Turn to the experts.
1: Heading out to Katie. Hello, James. What's going on, Jim? No, not a whole lot. How are you today?
2: The, the uh, question I had for you is what's the difference between open cell and closed cell insulation, and where do you use it?
1: Okay, great question. The difference is closed-cell foam insulation does not absorb water. Open-cell does. Open-cell is more like a sponge. It will take on water and hold it. A closed-cell doesn't do that, and that's going to be the biggest difference between the two, Uh, other than there is a cost difference between the two. Now, if if I was doing spray foam insulation on a roof, Uh, something like that, I would use the closed cell because I don't want it holding moisture against the wood and and causing rot. And what can happen if you use an open cell up there is every roof is going to get a leak eventually. And if that leak is filling that insulation, it'll continue to hold moisture against the uh, wood and start causing wood rot, and you never know what was happening. So, <clears throat> I, I personally prefer the, the closed cell on that type of situation. All
3: right,
2: and so would you use uh, uh, open cell in the walls?
1: Typically in, in my wall cavities, I'd use open cell, yes. Okay, but you have a flood. If you're in yeah. an area that potentially <clears throat> ever floods, yep. but the closed cell be better just? That, that particular For that in itself, it, yeah. If you're in an area where you potentially would flood, then go with closed cell in the walls as well. Now, now what what what's the it, price difference? It's not huge. It's it's really not. But I, I will tell you one thing: don't totally encapsulate the entire house, walls, ceilings, attics. You know, the whole nine yards, because you want the house to be breathable what happens is if you encapsulate everything then you got to cut a hole and use uh a, a fresh air intake into your air conditioning system and that just becomes a different problem to to keep under control so if you'll use the foam in the walls and then fiberglass in the attic the structure stays breathable and you don't have these issues pat welcome to texas home improvement hey how are you doing for a guy with COVID, hey, uh, I'm doing pretty darn good. <laughs> oh, man. You sounded pretty good. Yeah, hey, I got a question about the,
2: the split uh, HVAC units. Uh, I, I keep re- reading about the, the DIY installs. Are they truly DIY? You don't have to have a technician.
3: Just plug, in, plug them in and hook them up to 110?
1: They're not as easy as they make it sound. Okay. Um, they do sell them as do-it-yourself and basically you can install the panels you can install the Mm -hmm. box and you know all and run the lines and all that kind of stuff but when it comes time to setting the proper pressures and all that kind of stuff it is not a do-it-yourself project at that point
2: so you you still have to have a
1: technician yes pop it off and make sure everything's running right hooked up right all that Yep. okay Okay, that's, that's kind and, of what I figured. And, Pat, I'm going to tell you up front, I'll, most technicians won't work on them. Oh. Well, uh, because unless, they don't want the liability of touching it. Oh, okay. Unless you buy it from them, right? Exactly. All right, so the guy asked about the mini-split systems that you can buy your, and install yourself. And here's the issue that I, that I've run into with many AC companies is... They don't want the liability of touching that system because it wasn't installed by somebody who's licensed and knows what they're doing. And so if you as a homeowner took a shortcut and didn't install it properly, now, does the contractor that holds a license come in and fix what you did? And what happens a lot of times is the homeowners will say... No, no, no. It it was it, that that's just fine the way it is. Leave it that way. They can't do that, and so they wind up getting into trouble over it. And so a lot of uh, AC companies have taken the stance they're not going to work on them. And honestly, I I can't blame them because you're you're asking them to put their license on the line for something that somebody else did. So you ask, well, what about if somebody else had installed a system and you go out and fix it? You know, a professional had installed it. Well, the difference is when you go out to fix it, you're having to tell the homeowner and bring it up to what needs to be done. Uh, And you're not arguing with the person who installed the system wrong to begin with. And that's really where, where it becomes hairy is... They don't want to argue with, in in, in, uh, plain terms, Tom installs his own system. Mary tells him, I told you not to install that. And now it turns into a big argument with the husband and wife and the technician there and everything. And and they just choose to avoid that conflict. So that's where it's coming from. Uh, He says, I have a three-year-old brick house and live in a wooded area. What is your opinion of using a rodent and pest control fabric-like excluder to block the weep holes in the brick? The product claims that air and moisture can easily escape, but it blocks entry to rodent and insects. The product is stainless steel and plastic mesh that you can cut to size and put in the weep hole. Thanks. Well, the weep hole is there simply to let the moisture out. And yes, the product should let the moisture and and stuff out so it should not be an issue to put that in there i will tell you in my personal opinion it's way overkill of doing anything um you know we're always trying worried about oh we're going to get bugs in through the weep holes we're going to get bugs through this bugs through that bugs are going to come in you can make it a solid box, and they're going to figure out how to get in. I don't know why. I don't know how, but they do it. Uh, but the way a house is built, they can get through where windows are. They can get through doors every time we open them, things like that. Uh, and, and keep in mind, the outside is a veneer. You got your stud walls. You got the sheetrock and all that. Everything is is always sealed up and being protected. Um But if you feel comfortable, if you feel better putting something like that on the weep holes, that's fine. The whole key thing of a weep hole is moisture goes through the brick and mortar. It runs down the backside, hits the brick ledge, and runs out through the weep holes. So as long as that moisture can still escape out, it's not a problem having something to block the rodents and and, uh, bugs from coming in. Jim, my question is, can you paint vinyl siding? According to people at Sherwin-Williams, you can. I didn't know if paint would stay bonded to the vinyl. Thank you for the info. Well, they actually do make paints for vinyl siding. And yes, they do bond pretty well with them. Uh, Now, is there a downside? Absolutely. Because if you do get it scratched or something they can tend to start to peel but in general yes you can paint it and it will stay looking good for a very long time uh, keep in mind once you paint it it that paint will fade just like normal paint does so uh, you know choose your color carefully and also you may want to consider choosing your color based on what color the vinyl is because you got to cover it as well Uh, So, short answer, yes, you can paint it. Long answer, you can paint it. You may run a risk of, of some of it peeling, but that's no matter what you paint, and it can be touched up. Let's head up to Denton, and Cheryl, welcome to WBAP. How can I help you?
2: Hi, Jim. Jim, I just bought a mobile
1: home in a
2: mobile home park. And I wanted to put solar panels on my roof. And I called several companies and they come out and they say, because I do not own the land, that I cannot get in the solar program that the government has available for homes, for solar panels. Can you tell me why?
1: Yes, because uh, what they're doing, and and it's not so much that you don't necessarily own the land as much as it is, the panels are so expensive. Uh, they're wrapping everything up in financing on these panels, and unless you own the land, there's nothing for them to tie it to. They're trying to tie it to the land itself, and so, so there's that's, no
0: collateral.
1: That, uh, they're they're using your land as the collateral. That's the reason they're wanting land. Oh.
2: Well, I still wanted to go solar. Do you know how I could do that?
1: Well, uh, you would end up writing a check for the complete solar package. Okay. So it just has to do with the financing. Yep. Thank you so much for your help. You bet, Cheryl. You take care. Again, one eight hundred two eight eight nine two two seven. And I and I will throw one other thing in on the solar stuff. Solar power is great. Don't get me wrong. It is extremely expensive. And without government rebates and uh tax credits and all these different things, it's tough to make it affordable. And so if you've got to write just a check for the the you know for the the whole array, uh you're going to see how long it truly takes for it to pay for itself. And that's the reason solar doesn't do better than it does. Uh, you're typically looking at anywhere on a short term from 12 years. In most cases, you're pushing 20 years before it has generated enough electricity to have saved you enough to justify the cost of it. Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review the podcast. It helps people find us. Let's uh, go over to Garland and talk with Calvin. Welcome to Texas Home Improvement.
3: Yes, sir. How are you doing?
0: Doing good. How are you? Doing great. I've dug a trench for a French drain, and now I'm at the point of what materials do I actually want to put in now. I plan on putting those rocks the the white drainage rocks but okay. I was I was look I was at the big box store, you know, Home Depot, Lowe's, and I see that they that there's also that white pipe that has a, a lot of holes in it. Right. That you can I suppose put some rocks, lay that in there, then put rocks on top of it. And you kinda have a little something in the middle of the rocks where you can maybe get better drainage. Uh so I want what is your do you have any uh pointers on – that building the French drain. Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah, I I, I can definitely help you with this. So how deep a French drain system are you putting in?
0: Well, I'm I'm going to start off like a foot and, you know, and go down, you know, probably, I don't know, two feet is the most I'm going to be as far as my slope.
1: Okay. And you've got some place to drain the water out to?
0: Oh, absolutely. Going right down, you know, the back, the side of my house goes, Downward. Once you get to the side of the house, it goes downward out toward the back area. So, yeah, I'm just okay. trying to get it out of the front.
1: Gotcha. Okay, so here's what you'll want to do. You'll, you'll clean your trench out nicely. Put uh, fabric, you know, the uh, cloth that they use for filter fabric Okay. In, in the trench. Put down in the bottom about two inches of rock. Then you'll put that perforated pipe with a sock on it. And what the sock is, is to keep debris from getting inside of the pipe. And when I say perforated pipe, you know, you've got the black corrugated roll-up stuff, or you can get a white PVC pipe that has the holes in it. Get the white PVC pipe. That corrugated stuff will tend to deteriorate, and its lifespan is much shorter. Uh, Again, put that sock on it. Put it in the pipe. Make sure you got good slope. And the way those holes are drilled, you want to have those where they're down towards the bottom. Uh well, this you know, the, particular
0: one I remember seeing has holes all around the whole thing.
1: And, and that's fine. A lot of them only have uh, two sets of holes, and you'll, you'll put those where, where it's down. But if there's holes all the way around it, that's fine. Uh, okay. Then fill it with gravel and take your cloth on the top then and wrap it over the top in both directions, so that you've sealed all that gravel in the fabric. And what that'll do is keep uh, sand and silt from sifting into your rock and plugging up your French drain system. Uh, leave a, uh, are you going to use this to be capturing surface water, or is it subsurface water traveling that you're surface, capturing? Surface water. Okay, surface so water. take it to where you've only got about, uh, oh, four inches no more than four inches of dirt on top of it, then, and that gives you room to be growing grass and everything. I will tell you up front: every time it starts drying out, that grass on top where that drain is is going to turn yellow quickly, but it'll take that water out really quick and uh, drain it away for you.
0: Okay. Well, I'm in an area where I got where I cut into some concrete, okay. so I, so I'm not interested in growing grass there. So should I just fill that all the way up with rock or gravel?
1: You can, but you again uh, stop about four inches short and put your you know wrap your fabric, and then you can put another layer of gravel on top of it if you'd like. And again, the whole, again, what, the whole purpose said, what, is to keep the keep the uh, silts from getting into the gravel.
0: Right. So the the, the fabric again. Let's talk more about the fabric. I know I know what you're talking about. Okay. What you're calling fabric.
1: Uh, it it is literally a silt fabric. Uh, you can actually get it even at the uh, box stores and stuff, and you'll you'll uh, roll it out so that it goes down into the trench, comes mm. up the walls, and then wrap it on the top to to seal your gravel completely.
0: Okay, and you call it silt fabric.
1: Yep. S i l t. S i l.
0: S i silt. Okay. S i l t. Yeah. Okay, silk fabric, that's what it's called. Okay, yep. got it. And and you said put two inches of rock on the bottom, or are you talking about the same rock they're going to put on the top or a different rock?
1: No, same rock. You'll, you'll, okay. you'll use the same rock all the way through. The, the, now, the, the, what,
0: what's, what's called drainage rock?
1: Yeah, that'll be fine.
0: Okay,
1: great. Uh, but if, on the surface, if you want, you know, where you were just talking about where you don't necessarily want to, uh, grow grass and stuff, you can put a different gravel over the top, too, something more decorative if you want. It won't okay. hurt a thing.
0: Okay. Got it. All right. Thank you very, very much.
1: You're welcome. Good luck with that, Calvin. James, welcome to Texas hey. Home Improvement.
0: Hey, Jim. Thanks for the phone
2: call.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: rest- restoring my son's 1920s craftsman uh, island home. And we, you know, didn't really noticed inside the walls of the attic, there's not a lick of insulation, which I assume was the style back 100 years ago. Absolutely. Um, is there any reason at this point we're going to really retain most of the shiplap walls and stuff? Do we need to put insulation in the attic and the walls? Does it make sense to do that on the island environment?
1: It, if you're going to keep the air conditioner running, it does, uh, only to help with utility bills, especially up in the attic. Uh, that's where you, you lose the majority of your energy is is through the attic uh and really what you, it's not so much that you're losing it that the attic heats up and that's what uh forces your ac system to overwork so uh if you wanted to skip the walls you'd be fine but definitely i would recommend insulation in the attic
2: okay well, there's there's a cute new show on the table we're called Restoring Galveston, there's a young couple down here, this is their first year on TV, and they restored a bunch of these walls, Show they, never, they restored a bunch of these houses, but they never show what they do with insulation. And they don't buy any, they don't show any, and they don't have any putting back. So I think it makes sense probably to kind of beat down that thermal transfer for the for the attic. But if it's not the walls, then obviously that'd just save us a little bit of money too.
1: Yeah, you know, these houses were built and lasted for... You know, 120 years without insulation, and typically what happens is we start over-insulating everything, sealing it up too tight, and that's when we start having problems with these homes. Let yeah, it continue to the, breathe.
2: Yeah, yeah, that, that, that was my concern was making it too tight, um, but I think it does make sense probably to put a... Is there, is there a recommendation on, on the type and the thickness of the insulation or R-value for an attic? If you're only going to do the attic?
1: R-38, uh, you're looking about 15, 16 inches of uh, okay. just like fiberglass insulation.
2: Okay, very good. It's been a fun experience because it's still got some knob and tube wiring in it. Ooh. It's, a, it's, been, it's been an experience.
1: I remember when we changed our first office out. Uh, it had knob and tube in it, and we uh, finally decided to, to pull that out. And I, I'm, I'm making the assumption you're changing those out.
2: All that's coming out. We're about 98% done with the plumbing and the electrical stacks. Good.
1: So, well, it'll it, be it, a great, great, it's it's a, a, you will love when you're finished and able to stand back and look at it and say, we did that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. The, big, the biggest fun part so far has been replacing the the uh, the vent for the plumbing lines. Yep. So for that four-inch cast iron, has been big, heavy pieces, getting them out of the alloy the roof. It's
1: been pretty fun. Oh, yeah. Yep. (laughs) Thank you, sir. Appreciate it. You bet. Take care. Tommy, you doing okay today? Hey, Jim. Good,
3: good. I appreciate you taking my call. I just got a quick uh, foundation question. Wasn't sure if you can give me some advice on it. Okay. Uh, So we just got a newly built home about a year and a few months old. And we're looking to add uh, additional, uh, I guess, foundation uh, pads for, like, a patio, the outdoor kitchen. But it's going to be a a pretty large slab. I want to sure if it's going to give me problems in the future of dragging my main foundation down or having some cracks in my main foundation with this new uh, addition.
1: No. No, it won't. It won't make any difference on the existing foundation at all. Uh, now, if you're going to use it for an outdoor kitchen and such, honestly, if I would not put just regular four-inch uh, patio type slab in, I would put a foundation that has some beams around the perimeter and, and give it just a, a little bit of support uh, in order to handle the loads you're going to have on it but as far as you know worrying about it causing an issue with the existing foundation i wouldn't lose any sleep at all
3: okay well a second question to follow up with that what happened if it's a large uh, pad like i'm talking about maybe uh, 900 to 1100 square foot
1: as far as what
3: uh, the, the, the large side of it, uh, it, it's almost the same size as the original home, yeah, whether they had any, any issues.
1: Won't have any issues at all. In fact, when you put concrete around an existing foundation, it's actually a benefit. Because what causes oh, most really? foundation problems, when the soils dry out, they shrink. When they get wet, they expand. When you put concrete around an existing foundation, that acts as a moisture barrier and holds the the moisture, which keeps the foundation more stable. So, no, it won't be a detriment to you at all.
3: Oh, wow. Okay, I didn't even know that. Well, well, thank you for
1: that info. Not a problem. You You bet. Take care. Yeah, and, you know, that's the reason you hear me talk all the time about watering the foundation. And this is the time of year everybody stops watering the foundation. You don't stop in the winter months watering the foundation you are compensating for what happened over the summer and getting the soils ready for next summer in the winter months and you water year round to keep the soils expanded uh you know it's impossible to keep them from shrinking at all but by watering you minimize it and by putting concrete Around you know like if if we had a, a driveway up every all four sides of a square foundation, that foundation would sit much better. Think about most homes; they don't have interior problems. I'm not saying they they, they some don't. I'm saying most of them don't it's typically the exterior that settles and that's because of multiple things. The sun is beating on the soil, taking the moisture out, so the soil starts to settle. Trees are on the outside, taking moisture out, the outside starts to settle. Well, when you protect the outside, you don't have that issue. If you put concrete around the foundation, that moves that outside further out and protects your foundation better the other thing i want to caution everybody on watering is excellent you you need to water the foundation a little bit daily in fact if you go to our website thipro.com we've got detailed instructions there there's a video that shows shows you how to install a do-it-yourself watering system but if you've got trees around the house be aware that watering the foundation can attract those tree roots And so, again, you could be adding to your problem. A lot of times, you got to deal with those tree roots and water, both, in order to eliminate the problem. And uh, dealing with tree roots is nothing more than a root barrier where you dig a trench three feet into the ground, put a plastic barrier in there. I use a high-density polyethylene plastic so that the tree roots don't grow through it and they don't suck moisture through it as well. That allows you to water, then, between the root barrier and the house and it keeps the soils expanded minimizing your foundation problems you know if everybody kept their foundations watered there would be far less foundation work being done but they don't and they quit watering in the winter months and things like that and that's what keeps all the foundation guys busy all the time so This email came in from uh, Michael in Flower Mound. How would converting an attic space over the garage into a closet accessible by a door added in a bedroom for access be looked at by buyers if we sell? Hey, it's just another storage room. So here's the deal. If you're going to put in... An access into the attic. And, you know, you, you, you've got to make sure that you put it in where it looks neat, looks like it was part of the home construction. But I'm going to give you one other step. If you're going to tie that in to the attic from the living space, the one thing you're going to have to do is either air condition that closet or use a door that's rated for outdoor so that the heat doesn't just transfer through the door. And if you're going to use it as a storage closet, indeed, let's go ahead and insulate. So you'll put insulation uh, you know, on the walls of that closet and everything and, and run another duct into that closet as air-conditioned space. Then you can use a, a standard interior door on it. But if you don't heat and cool it, you're going to want to use an exterior door that's rated for the heat temperatures because otherwise you're going to change the temperature of that room that you're accessing it from. So just keep that in mind. Now, if you do add it and, you, and you're going to insulate it and use it to heat and cool and all that kind of stuff, the insulation between the new closet and the existing room does not need to remain in that wall those pieces can come out get get it sheetrocked and closed up like normal because you only use insulation on exterior walls you don't insulate interior walls do you need to pull it out i mean if it's covered up with something already do you have to take it out no you don't i'm just simply saying it doesn't need to be there so hopefully that helps you as far as resale it will it will not be a problem for you on resale as long as it's done professionally and looks good. And I don't mean you got to hire a professional to come in and do it. Just means you need to have it done where it looks professional like it was part of the home, then it's not an issue. This comes from John in West Columbia. Is there something to repair holes in the outside of my home from the screws I used to hold the plywood? on my windows. I used plywood to prevent damage from the last tropical storm. The screws I used were drywall, two inch long and 9 16th in size. I have wood on some of the windows and in some are hardy plank, thanks. Well, regardless whether it was wood or hardy plank, what you'll wanna do is after you take the screw out, which sounds like you already did, fill that in with some caulking a siliconized caulk works best and just uh you know take and have a small hole in the tip of your silicon of your caulking gun squirt it in there smooth it out and then you can touch up with paint the whole reason for that especially if it's wood you don't want moisture going in there for two reasons one it'll start the wood to rotting two it can allow the paint to start bubbling up as well because uh, the wood gets wet behind. The paint doesn't adhere any longer. It'll start to bubble and peel and just look like heck. So, yes, you want to seal that up. Uh, Next time, you may want to consider, or even now, you may want to consider, instead of just filling the hole in, though, take and put a screw that has... uh, threads on the top side now this is gonna sound a little complicated but basically they make a screw that has the wood thread wood type screw thread on the bottom portion and on the top it's made where you can put a nut on it and you put that into it so that you have holes in your plywood that line up with those screws you slide them over the bolts and put wing nuts so when you got to take it off yeah you still have that screw there uh but you try to put them in a kind of an inconspicuous way so that they don't look bad and stick out like a sore thumb it makes it real quick and easy for putting shutters up and things like that and you don't have to worry about heavy water infiltration that way so that may be something you want to look at for the next uh, time you're having to deal with the storms because let's face it one thing we can count on there'll be another storm